You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. World Talk Radio. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water Life, Global Warming, which means climate change. Uh, the, the air is getting warmer and drier all over the world, and different places in the world are changing differently. Your health is infected, though, and it's been affected since the day of the beginning of this earth. And what that means is you get out of bed in the morning and you look at the climate, but have you noticed that you're not looking at yourself and your health, that the climate changes, the earth is changing, the, uh, the globe is changing, and it will change for eternity. But there's one thing that we all have to do together to pay it forward, to do for, gen- for get, to give ourselves a partnership together for life on Earth is our dedication to discover the life in water that can save lives in this Earth so life on Earth can last forever and not become a desert or the moon or Mars or other planets in the solar system that no longer have noticeably any water. I think it's exciting, this show. We're getting a lot of people excited about the future. They've even said that water is going to be the next frenzy eventually and life sciences and Earth's movement and environmental conditions on the stock market. Would you believe that? I do. For long ago, I learned that if we don't take this serious, that our health issues will become more serious without the water. Today, we have a lot of excitement with our guests, and we have a guest on that I'm very excited about. Dr. Ellen Heinitz, and she graduated with honors from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, received a B.S. degree, Bachelor of Science degree in nutrition from Oregon State University, and I love that degree in nutrition. She utilizes a variety of traditional and conventional healing models, including nutrition, herbs, homeopathy, uh, different therapies of chelation, ah, I want to learn more about that, and pharmaceuticals to treat acute and chronic diseases. Uh, Ellen is going to be a very exciting guest for us today, and then our second guest is going to be uh, a fellow from the state of Texas who's in charge of one of the largest parks in the whole state of Texas, and he will be an excitement because Big Bend in Texas has been unknown to a lot of people. David Helkowitz is the chief interpreter of uh, uh, interpretation in the state of Texas for the Big Bend Parks. And we're going to learn a little bit more what's happening to their, that park and global warming. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, a natural method uh, for supplementing your eyes for dry eye without any chemistries. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Klein Hour today. Uh, we have a lot of excitement. We have Dr. Ellen Hyens, who's uh, a naturopath uh, that I've met that I believe will give us a tremendous amount of education about your health, and I know global warming and this earth changing. Ellen, are you with us? I am. I should say Dr. Hyens. I know you, so I will call you. And you pronounce, and I'm embarrassed, you, you, so our audience will know, it's Heinitz. Heinitz. Mm-hmm. Heinitz. It's like it says, Heinitz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fine. And I was excited about you being on, Doctor, because you've got a great background and a lot of study into, uh, we, you wanted to choose a subject today in menopausal women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope we can get into the same thing with men um, that go through those changes. Um, and then I want to get into, if we could, some questions on uh, ideas and evaluations on supplements that people are taking. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about you and your background and how did you get into, uh, why did you decide to become a naturopathic physician? Well, you described my background fairly well. Um, I wanted to become a naturopathic physician because I think that that is really the best way to treat people. I know that it's in the medical world, you know, we use a lot of tools to diagnose, and as naturopathic physicians, we are trained to diagnose people in the same ways that medical doctors are. So if we need to order an image or do lab work, we can do those things, but we also we look at the body differently. We look at the body from more of a functional approach as opposed to a disease model. So we try to really optimize a healthy body functioning properly as opposed to just suppressing the symptoms of disease. We try to address the causes of disease and remove those so that the body can heal and people will be without the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I wanted to learn more about herbs and homeopathy. I, as you said, I got my undergraduate degree in nutrition, and I got really curious about how nutrition and eating right could heal people while I was studying that. And most of the time when I was getting that degree, it was it was um, directed at more of an allopathic, what we call an allopathic model, which is the um, standard medical system in this country, the medical doctor uh, way of looking at things. And they really tried to teach us nutrition as a way to manage disease processes as opposed to healing the disease process in the now, first place. once in a while I'll interrupt and I'll sure. you bear with me because I'm the audience too. Sure. Um, when you say allopathic, explain that terminology so our and uh, our audience worldwide would understand that. Sure. Allopathic is the term we use for medical doctors. Okay. And um, naturopathic, of course, is the term we use for naturopathic doctors. Okay. But we really try to treat things first with nutrition, herbs, homeopathy, hydrotherapy, physical medicine, as opposed to having to use a drug or surgery to treat it. But like any good, I try to do what I call appropriate medicine, so whatever is most appropriate for that patient, and there are definitely times when drugs and surgery are the most appropriate treatment for a patient, a patient. but we try to have other tools in our bag to use that are less toxic. I've noticed when I've interviewed uh, some different naturopathic doctors on the show, 
they really emphasize drinking water. And when the, the patient or the individual comes in to meet you the first time, you ask them about how much water they're drinking. That's right. That's a standard question with most all naturopathic doctors, physicians, is how much water are you drinking, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of the doctors out there, uh, I've noticed, don't really emphasize water. Uh, their emphasis is other directions. But um, I wanted to ask you, um, now when you have a patient, let's start out this way, to understand your uh, style uh, and your practice. When a patient comes to see you the very first time, what, is, what are they to expect you're going to ask? <laughs> well, I ask a lot of questions. I want to know everything about how their body functions. And so I don't I'm just ask. back up because I'm going to share with you something. Today on our, uh, on our lives all over the world, unless we're in remote areas and remote, people are inundated with no end of information. So when you say uh, just what you just said, uh, the terminology there, what did you mean? Because then they'll understand that you're thinking. Because people today, doctor, are using so many different directions uh, to communicate. But what did that mean, you, what you just said? That I want to know about how their body functions? All kinds of functions. Yeah, what was it? But what I mean is, is that what, where do you, what do you mean by body function? Well, I want to hear about all of their symptoms and not just... Okay, the symptom. Is it... Uh, are you sleeping well? Um, are you, uh, are you, what are you eating? The, let's go that way so that the, everybody understands body functions. Well, I ask them about their past medical history. I ask them what kinds of problems they've had in the past and what their current problems. Usually people come because they're having a health issue. So I, mm-hmm. of course, ask them what their symptoms are currently, how long they've been going on, and mm-hmm. when they started. But then I also do want to know about their diet, their exercise, their sleep, their energy level, uh, what supplements they're taking, what medications they're taking, what their family history is. Mm-hmm. to get a much broader view than a lot of times when you go to a typical medical visit, um, you have about five minutes mm-hmm. to be able to say what um, is the specific problem you want help with that day. And how much time do you think you're spending with a patient? As My initial intake is an hour, okay, and follow-ups are usually visit. 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say because a lot of people haven't started going to naturopathic doctors, although... I'm trying everything I can to bring the two together uh, because we're in the medical field. Uh, let's say that's we're on the conventional side as a research center, but uh, we've really tried everything we can, doctor, to bring an alternative to both sides. In other words, the doctors get to know each other and work with each other because the doctors, you can't see every patient uh, out there, some of these doctors. They, they don't have enough hours in the day. And as you've been hearing, there's some doctors in many communities. They don't have enough doctors, so therefore they're not seeing patients for four and six months, mm-hmm. which is putting it off. And you just said, and listeners, remember, you don't go to the doctor until you've decided, oh, my gosh, I, I, I can't solve this. I don't feel good. I am so uncomfortable. I'm finally going to go. Well, when you're finally going to go, uh, doctor, it's almost like the bottom of your toothpaste. How often do people buy the toothpaste before it gets down to the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, are going to, uh, early enough or going before the fact, uh, people are not doing today because they're as busy as everybody else. 
Um, so when you've got a patient that comes in and you're spending an hour with them, some of the emphasis that you've asked them to bring with them, did you ask them to bring um, with them any of the, the medications they've taken, uh, a list of that, a log, and then maybe some of the log of the supplements, and uh, could they log down some of those questions uh, that you're going to ask so that they'll have the answers and not just him and ha? Is the doctor's doing that? Yeah, usually, or I ask them just to bring them with them so I can look at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that point that you made, people really need to take time for their health, so I really feel that. And a lot of people um, do have bad habits about waiting until something is really uh, too far gone before oh, we all do to see the yeah. doctor. And, mm-hmm. and you really have to um, find practitioners that have time for you, but also... You know, I encourage people to do maintenance, to, to not just come in when they're having a problem. But a lot of people, you know, they'll come and I'll say, I want to see you back in two or three months because we definitely need to uh, change what we're doing and, and make sure it's, it's working well, it's actually addressing the problem, that they're able to tolerate it. And um, sometimes people don't follow up. And that is hard because we can't optimize their health and uh, prevent some of the problems they might come up with if they wait too long. And so I, really I understand people, that because yeah, I'm, make regular I'm as guilty. Um, <laughs> I know doctors, uh, I know no end of doctors who say they're as guilty. Uh, in the medical field, uh, those of us who think we're uh, uh, um, savvy enough to understand that when you get so busy, you'll put off. Um, it, have you started, and, and, and I know a lot of doctors probably haven't, but is there an email way to email don't forget because maybe that's on your file that the person was supposed to have come back in a period of time and you can email, did you forget what has happened? Give me a little email back because I know not everybody has email, but the communication of getting the people involved, uh, people will forget. Um, and, and I noticed that naturopathic doctors, are, you don't have to wait very long to get an appointment, which is nice so far. And that will change in time because more people are getting more understanding than naturopathic doctors and the different doctors uh, for the alternative. Do you call your practice an alternative or do you call it integrative? What, how would you uh, explain that? Well, I don't – I um you know, it's funny you're saying you're in the conventional side of the medical world. I don't know that I'd necessarily see you totally in that side of things. And that just brings up what I um, see is that there's been too much sidedness in the past, and I have very good relationships. I have more relationships with medical doctors and nurse practitioners probably than mm-hmm. I um, I mean, not more relationships, but I end up interacting much more with medical doctors and nurse practitioners on a daily basis than uh, naturopathic doctors probably. Well, I think I need to explain myself to you, too, doctor. Yeah. The surgeons that we're involved with and the different things we do in research is more with the surgeons Uh because they're the ones who actually go into the, um, the symptom. Right, in a different way. So that's what I meant. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because but I, have, I, I would say you're pretty uh, across the board. We have, we've got dentals in, in research that don't do surgery. We've got a lot, but more into surgeons that actually joined us uh, in time that uh, really dive into having to learn more. And uh, you're right; they're all only having maybe I would say 20 minutes with their patients. Uh, it's rough because they're so. Uh, there's so few doctors to take care of all the patients today. Uh, but going forward now, um, yeah, I do believe the naturopathic doctors are getting very closely related. 
uh, to the medical field of all backgrounds, whether it's being chiropractors or uh, the dermatologists or the acupuncturist or the orthopedics, uh, the different ones, especially with diabetics. I, I believe in different disease, different things of symptoms out there. Uh, they are finally learning they could relate to you also. Um, today you wanted to discuss uh, menopause uh, with women, but I also hope you're planning to discuss what happens to men. But what are you finding with uh, menopausal women, and what ages are you finding that they're coming in to see you? Well, um Menopause, perimenopause is definitely what people think more of as menopause. And perimenopause is actually, it's the symptoms that start about seven years before a woman stops having periods. Mm -hmm. And what those symptoms include are a lot of irregular menstrual periods, but a lot of hot flashing, night sweats, insomnia, poor memory, uh, lack of sex drive, definitely dry skin, dry eyes, which I tell them to moisturize with nature's tears and other things all the time. And I love nature's tears, I have to say. I know this is an unabashed uh, testimonial for you, but I love them because some patients have a really hard time doing drops. Yeah. And it's really nice when people can just blink into the mist, and I will get better compliance from my patients. Well, and you bet more than as much as a lot of the doctors would understand that nature's tears, I missed, is a supplement to where, where the air is so dry. Right. And all the, a lot of these symptoms are because our environment is so dry. You know, um, I've been doing a lot of TV talk shows throughout the country uh, for the environment and because of the concerns. And you're right about, let's say you have those menopausal symptoms, but um, we need to drink more water. We need to take more water in during that time and forever. But with the eyes, it's also the biggest symptom because when your eyes get very grainy and, and you get blurry and weighted and allergies begin and anxiety uh, goes with it, uh, that's a symptom that maybe you better start hydrating more and, because maybe those menopausal symptoms are coming on. Um, right. And, you know, um, now but I want to ask you, doctor, how old? Because are they getting menopause younger? Because I have been noticing in my research that menopause is really, those symptoms are shocking, but they seem to be starting younger because it used to be in that there was like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let's say 55 and older, and now it seems like they're starting around 35. You know, I don't know that the average age of menopause has decreased. I think women have, it's, it's hard to know whether women have more symptoms around menopause, perimenopause, and, mm -hmm. and premenstrual symptoms or whether we're more open about talking about it as a society. I think that's part of it. But I think that women do have a lot of symptoms these days, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. There's the reason that we're not getting as good a nutrition as we need to have. Uh, women are drinking more caffeine and more stimulants than, ha than they had in the past. We're not getting a lot of exercise. Uh, we have a lot of stress, and stress actually affects our hormonal symptom a lot. You know, not to say that years ago people didn't have stress, but I think that people try to pack a lot into their lives these days, and especially women try to be the perfect uh, career woman, the perfect mother or sister or daughter. You know, they're taking care of their families, they're trying to exercise, they're trying to do a lot of things, and um, that stress actually can stress your adrenal glands, which are actually an important part of your hormonal system. So. 
We're going to take a break with our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Doctor, when we come back, let's, t- tell, uh, let's talk about men mm-hmm. also if we can. And uh, then we'd like to, uh, uh, toward the end of our education class here, let's start giving them some hints of things, that they're, little tips of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some of those original symptoms that they may be coming on to help them out. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, that all-natural supplement for dry eyes, and we'll be right back. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Doctor, are you still there? I'm here. I want to ask you, uh, on the menopause, let's say a person has a symptom called heat flashes, hot flashes. Uh-huh. Uh, do those start first before everything else? It just all depends on the woman. And some women never have any symptoms with menopause. They go through it beautifully. They don't have any of these symptoms we talked about. They feel great. Mm-hmm. Now, what about men? Men can have similar symptoms, actually, as their testosterone levels lower. And, and uh, testosterone lowering can look different for a man sometimes than a woman. Um, women tend to get more anxious when they uh, go through menopause. So if they are going to have more of a mental symptom along with menopause, it's usually either uh, irritability, extreme irritability, or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, they're, they get some depression and like really easy tearfulness so um, they're just affected by things more deeply yeah and, that's and, you know you were talking about our society through the years never discussing menopause mm-hmm. but they never discussed it with men mm-hmm. so I like to call it menopause it's what <laughs> I like to call it menopause okay yeah because it's actually the technical term is andropause but um, men often, as their testosterone starts to lower, they can get hot flashes, actually. Right, and they would get the dry eyes because of that and the dry mouth. But mood-wise, um, men tend to get, uh, they tend to just not care about things as much. They get a little bit of, um, uh, what's a good word for it? You know, just kind of that anime, like, I don't, I don't really, it doesn't really matter if I get up and do this today. I could do it tomorrow. They lose would, some would, of they their go, would they also get pain because of their high energy level sometimes go another direction and get a high anxiety, high energy level? Um, not, not usually. That's not as usual with as a symptom with low testosterone. More depression for men and loss of ambition, loss of drive. So they, um, they become more discontented quicker. Perhaps. Maybe that's one of their symptoms. It just depends on the man. Or disappointed. Um, they tend to lose uh, muscle mass and uh, sex drive can sometimes suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, and just like women, mental acuity, memory. Because women go through that mental Definitely. depression too. And now some of the symptoms uh, that could come along so people could kind of prepare. First of all, I would say, and you can correct me at any time, is drink tons of water. 
and don't drink water with sugar in it. Don't drink water with. Don't expect your water intake during the day to be a flavored water. It's got to be water, and uh, and don't sip it. Drink it, and uh, drink it out of a glass so you're not getting air out of those bottles. We need convenient bottles to take with us so we can drink it, but uh, drink a lot of water. And would you also say that something that's so important to prepare for all walks, all life is protein. Get enough water, and do you think people are getting enough protein today, doctor? Well, you know, you really have to balance it with healthy uh, fats, healthy carbohydrates, and uh, healthy fiber, too. But I think, I think women get less protein than men, and that's pretty well studied. But older women sometimes are not getting enough protein, and there's so many mixed messages about that. Now, how many grams of protein should a child have? Children, uh, usually they say at least 35 grams of protein. What about, let's say, you're in your 20s? You know, the highest they ever go is 60 grams on the RDA for an adult. That's right. Now, I've had different doctors on as guests say that we're not getting enough protein because the foods can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You couldn't eat enough, and the supplements of protein uh, are so important to everybody to enjoy. Uh, now, um, what about carbohydrate? Because we're finding sugar, carbohydrate, uh, the reaction to the pituitary gland and the pancreas and the addictions, let's say, that come with that. Um, and I call them that. Now, you may not with your background, but because people get to where they have to have that sugar. Right. And they, they, if it doesn't have that sugar or carbohydrate, they're not satisfied. But there are protein drinks that have a low carbohydrate, uh, so people can get a high carbohydrate and get a, enough protein. Right. You know, I think that um, I try to come from a point of whole foods, so I really encourage people to get whole foods, which are as least processed as they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to have grains or beans or fruits, to eat them whole as opposed to having fruit juices or flowers or things like that. Now, with a diabetic, let's say you have menopause and you're a diabetic, um, what do they do with uh, some of the things that they... What, what are you suggesting for, the, for your patients uh, uh, let's say they are diabetic and they have menopause, and yet they have to eat the right foods to keep their energy. We do know water. Nobody has to worry about the water uh, as far as uh, calories and, and carbohydrates and sugars and so on. But uh, are, uh, there's some little tips and secrets in there about a person who's diabetic and has menopause? Well, just like any other time that they're diabetic, they need to try to control their sugars. And so... Um, Uh, so eating proteins and low, what we call low glycemic index carbohydrates and healthy fats in, in balanced proportions is really important. And I would say that's important for anybody. Okay. So trying to get away from processed carbohydrates is important, but people can't live on just protein either. Oh, so no. No. There definitely has to be a balance. One of my concerns, and sometimes the protein drinks can be an easy way for people to get um, some a higher protein, especially breakfast. I really recommend people get protein with breakfast, and I don't think people do that quite often enough. But this new thing going come along. My concern with doing a lot of protein drinks is that they're really a pretty processed food still. Um, They're often made from 
uh, soy proteins or whey proteins. Mm -hmm. Rice protein is actually probably my favorite. But people also have allergies to soy and whey fairly frequently. Okay. And so I'd rather have people eating a whole food. But, you know, I'm wondering, doctor, because I've studied not like you, uh, uh, nutrition for 30 years, and not like you, though. And I've noticed that it's, it's impossible to get all those nutrients in us without some supplement. I don't mean, uh, and, I, and we were going to talk about that today, and we didn't, but we will eventually about those supplements. I'm very worried about people taking too many supplements. But I do know when you go to buy your vegetables, your meats, they're no longer fresh. And uh, they're not grown out of your garden. It's not uh, in your backfield with your with your chickens and your beef and your pork and and your fish isn't in the backyard. It's it's all we'll call it even a process of time. And my concern has been uh, the symptoms today are not too easy to control because people are so dehydrated to death. Excuse me. They're not drinking enough water. They're thinking that the water is like recently we had um, a class here on the show with lactation. And they said they didn't want the uh, women who were nursing to give the baby any water for the first three months because the baby would get too full of the water. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned, well, how does the baby pick up a taste for the water? Because it's already picking up a taste for the sweet. Mm -hmm. And they said they never thought. But... You know, people, um, you need to be hydrated. And I've said, doctor, the moment you're born, you enter the air you breathe, that becomes like a vacuum cleaner, sucking you, your moisture level up. No two fingerprints alike, no two eyes alike. Now they found no two skins on the complexion alike, which I had researched and found years ago. But hydration, protein, green, dark vegetables. It's like one of our doctors, surgeons said, oh, they don't mean lettuce, like kale and, and um, spinach and all of these dark vegetables we're not getting um, that we're not thinking about because we're always after something quick, easier, or let's say processed with time. I'm not going to say processed uh, like a compound, but I'm saying with time because it took a time to get to that store. Uh, what today would you say people should recognize in their supplements that they maybe should be taking? And then what supplements do you think they shouldn't mix together? Well, I think that people need to look for uh, non-synthetic forms of things. We found, you know, with, like, for instance, vitamin E, the DL-tocopherol is a more synthetic form than the D-alpha-tocopherols, and now there's even gamma and beta and all sorts of different tocopherols that are closer to what we find in food. So we need to look for supplements that are less synthetic and more uh, natural. Now, when a person goes to a health food store, and you know the people working in a health food store are not always qualified because they're working there to help the person who has the store. How do you find out if that person really knows what you're talking about? Or you've asked them a question and they know how to explain this education to you. How... because you just came through a lot of dialogue for people who are laymen that are not really qualified to understand probably in any of those descriptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's say they go in and they say, I don't want anything that's synthetic. I want 
this. The person they're talking to may not understand a word they have to say, or the person who's asking won't understand exactly what they're wanting. So you're saying that people should have vitamin E in their diet, Mm-hmm. And can they get that from, uh, what about fish oils? Fish oils typically do have some vitamin E. It's often usually added to preserve the fish oil itself. But um, going back to the health food store question, I do really encourage people to educate themselves and or, of course, my answer to that, that question would be you should, really should have a naturopathic doctor that you consult and that you know is making good recommendations for you, um, partially because health food store, and there's some very good health food store employees, and I um, worked in health food stores before I became a naturopathic doctor at times, but um, it's really the luck of the draw, and um, they haven't been educated in diagnosing and prescribing for disease processes. They don't know your your uh, health history, and even if you tell them your health history, that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll understand. And and um, I've just had some experiences with people going to health food stores and uh, taking whatever the person recommends but missing something really big that was going on with their health. So I just encourage people to have caution and to have a relationship with a naturopathic doctor, too, that can look at them as a whole person and really um, make some appropriate recommendations for them and that can help uh, them find the right things for them individually. Now, you lost me a little bit there when you were saying that they went to the health food store and they right. were not looking at the symptom. Right. Trying to come up, uh, they well, for instance, up. somebody might go into a health food store and say, well, I have a cough, and the health food store employee might direct them towards a cough syrup or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. be insightful enough to say, oh, you probably have an allergy. Here, take this for allergies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that might be something deeper, like this person might actually have asthma. They might have congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. They might have a tumor growing in their lung. So it's really important for people not just to rely on self-treatment or the advice of a health food store employee, but to really be worked up for things mm-hmm. and make sure it's not something deeper. Mm-hmm. Now, are you finding that when a lot of people come and see you, are they drinking enough water? Because that's the key to it all. If they're drinking a lot of water, that's yeah, the scary. number one supplement. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are you finding people are drinking more water today than they used to? I think so. I think people are more well-educated about that. Um, I saw a statistic I knew you would like the other day in a magazine. It said um, that staying hydrated for women actually prevented the risk of heart attack by 60%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I knew you would love that. I know I would. And uh, I thought, I thought Dr. I am so boring. You know, yeah. have you ever met anyone if, in your life who doesn't want to talk about anything but water? If they, no, I love it. You're a, I always say you're my water nerd. You know, I love yeah. nerds in certain subjects. Hey, uh, doctor, I used to have the head of Revlon uh, years ago call me the empress of water. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I had people call me the water lady. And when Harry Doyle, who was the founder and president of Revlon, said, oh, let's just call her the Empress of Water, and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but um, you know, I have had a you. medication that would decrease heart attack risk by 60%, it would be advertised like crazy. Exactly. I mean, everybody exactly, would exactly. know it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a gift you gave to us today, because that statistic, that relationship there, and you know, I was telling somebody yesterday in an interview, and, and you know, have you... When you uh, say to somebody, you need, here's a supplement, but if you don't drink enough water, it's not going to work. Here's your medication. 
if you don't drink enough water, it's not going to work. Well, and I tell them that all the time. You need to drink water, exactly. you need to exercise, and you need to eat a healthy diet because that will take care of, I'd say, 70 to 80 percent of most of their symptoms. You know, I'd love to research, and I will in time. You know, when they say the older we get, doctor, that we begin to shrink. Well, maybe if we drink a lot of water, and I mean water without the sugars and the sweet da-da, just good old water every day, and then have our protein and the right nutrients, green vegetables or whatever, and then keep up with the light, but do it right, we might not shrink as much or maybe shrink at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then menopause and these changes of life that come on with our lifestyle and our lives to age, and we want to age to be 180, doctor. <laughs> so you have to live to be a lo- uh, live long because you're going to have to take care of me. There you but, go. But back to um, uh, aging and life and the water, it's... It's, it's vital, and uh, water on this earth, and I, every day I have a prayer. Let's hope that all of us can learn to explore and discover uh, the life in the water, and then we will learn to save lives on our earth because it's just, it seems so simple, but it is very vital that they're finding in other parts of the world we had from the United Nations, uh, the head of water aid all over the world. Well, and if you look at the cell, which is the building block of our bodies, exactly. and which is incredibly complex, I think they used to think that a cell was a relatively simple piece of the anatomy, but when we look inside a cell, it's actually like a galaxy. It's very complex. Oh, great and term. Everyone it, think of that. Your cell, and there's 60 trillion of them. Yeah. And I saw a molecular cell is like a galaxy, and that is, I, lo- I like that. But I like that. you see... In animal cells, we don't have a, a cell wall around our cells, which keeps our cells mm-hmm. uh, in a certain shape, mm-hmm. regardless of how much hydration they have. Mm-hmm. In animal cells, we have a cell membrane, and the less hydrated we are, the more the, the shape of that cell will actually change, and it will start to collapse in on itself. And when you look at what is inside a cell, even inside a cell membrane, there's channels that allow sugars and proteins and fats to come into the cell and waste to go out of the cell. toxin, which and causes hormones. a symptom and future disease. Yeah, and hormones to trigger um, activities for that cell to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if that is not hydrated, if that is not expanded to what it needs to be, it's as if, um, what's a good analogy here? You know, you've seen like the little blow-up castle that the kids jump around in at birthday parties and things? Yes. Yeah. Well, imagine if that was your office and you were trying to do work in it and somebody let all the air out of it and it collapsed down on itself. It would be hard to do the work you needed to do in there. And the cell as a galaxy has to have that firm, firm compound combustion. Right. Yes, the hydration. Our kidneys have to have water to, to get rid of waste products. Have you, you ever know? noticed that people in hospitals uh, go in for one thing and end up passing away because of the lungs? Yeah, and that's that's... Well, we'll have to do another show. I really like your galaxy. Yes, yes. Uh, I thank you for all you're doing with your time and energy and your passion and your enthusiasm with saving people and helping them out with their lives and their health. Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, uh, let's next time talk about that galaxy because that's the key to all life on Earth, and the Earth itself has to have its galaxy of water. That's right. Okay, you have a nice day. You too, Sharon. It's nice to talk with you. Uh Uh-huh, take care. Bye. Bye. Wow, cells, a galaxy. Now, there we go. That's what I've been after all this time. When I said recently, I get tears to my eyes thinking about how serious this is. But also, 
there, there, many of you need to know that this is becoming a very exciting, um, we call it pay it forward because of a movie one time. If you do something good, pay it forward to someone else to do something good. And all of us can do something good by looking at life and being patient with yourself because you're made up of a galaxy of 60 trillion cells of water. And that is very important to your knowledge and you getting to know who you are. Dry eyes are a problem with dry air. We've, as a group, as a research team, have learned that if the air is dry, you will be dry. And uh, nature's tears eye mist is a method of supplementing the eyes that the air isn't giving you any longer. And as you've learned, one out of every 20,000 babies is being born with a tumor. One out of every 10 babies has a problem with the, problem with the health of their eyes. The eyes are connected to the brain. What is, what is anxiety from birth? We'll take a moment with our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we'll be right back with our next guest. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears I Missed, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're back to the Sharon Klein Hour, the power of water your life. And today we have a very special guest. Are you with us, David? I am. And your last name is Elkowitz. That is correct. Okay. And uh, you're with, tell us who you are with, and we'll let our audience get excited about your classroom, what you're going to teach us today. I'm with Big Bend National Park. It's in southwest Texas, along the Rio Grande border. Mm-hmm. And how did you get involved in being in the uh, let's say, I always ask our guests, David, how did they get involved in what they're doing today? It's a good question. In my case, um, I've been interested in the natural environment and biology and wildlife since I was a small child, and Big Bend National Park is probably one of the most biologically diverse places in the country, and I have been visiting here um, as a child and just found it to be a wonderful place and then applied as a as a, an employee and was lucky enough to be able to work here. Now, because this is a worldwide radio, how would you compare it to the rest of the world? Because you just said ecologically it's a, a wonder. Uh, it, it, how would you compare it to the rest of the world? Because people like to think of our Earth as a planet and, and our minds are comparing. It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure how to compare it to the rest of the world as much as just the rest of the country, okay. uh, which I'm more familiar with. Okay. In terms of, of the United States, anyway, um, the, the interesting thing about Big Bend is that we're kind of in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. The park has the Southern Rocky Mountains, which is mm-hmm. a mountain range here called the Chisos. It is where basin and range geology meets, where the Appalachian Mountains resurface after they go underground about Missouri. Uh, they resurface on the north side of the park. So all the now, major... let's back up for a second because the world is listening. 
what is happening there? Explain that again. In other words, the Appalachian... On down for, to, for the layman to understand. The Appalachian Mountains, which are the mountain range in the eastern United States, um, mm-hmm. they, they apparently dive underground and are not shown or, or not represented on the surface. Now, what do you mean dive under the ground? It means literally that they're just not visible on the surface as a, as a mountain range. But, they, so they're, but they're, there is mountains under the ground? Uh, at least the geologic phenomenon that represents okay. them. My expertise is not geology, but the geologists tell me that they resurface above ground as a repre- represented feature mm-hmm. just north of the park. So now, I'm going to ask you a question just then, because uh, I've never thought of that. Let's say you have that. In time, will those come out of the ground, or will it be also going back into the ground? My guess is they're going to, at least in our time, or anywhere near it, stay, stay as they are now. Okay. Now, is that because it doesn't have anything to do with the ecological, anything around it? That Does it have the rain it's always had, or is there something there that would, might keep it that way? Uh, I think it's more, in our case, what it represents is just a lot of, a lot of things meeting in one place. The, they're they're con- considered the three major mountain building process. So all the mountains together meeting together, the mountains snuggling together. Yeah, at Big Bend. And all, of, all or many of the flyways of this country either overlap or meet here as well. We're on the central flyway for birds. Mm-hmm. We get birds from the west, such as California and as far north as Oregon. Mm-hmm. Most or all of the birds that are on the eastern flyway as well passing through here. Now, what when you say birds, what kind of birds? Uh, all kinds. Right now, people could see a whole variety of buntings, including painted and indigo, mm-hmm. a whole variety of orioles, including uh, scots and bullocks and hooded orioles. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably about half of the known warblers in the country, if not more. A number of the country sparrows are here right now. Mm-hmm. Several species of rare hawks, including gray and black hawk, which are mm-hmm. species declining in other areas. Now, do you over in Texas have those little, they call them uh, finches, or like, I mean, a canary? Those little mini canaries that are wild? We don't here. They probably do down in the valley, which is south Texas, southeast Texas. Because there's so many of those over there. That's semi-tropical down there. Okay. But where we are is um, either considered to be desert, grassland, or a dry mountain range, depending on where you are in the park, because we have great elevation difference. Now, the acreage there, is that 800,000 acres? It is it is 800, about and that's, 801. And that's being protected now. Uh, it is. It has been since the 40s. And we'll mention that to the world. In the United States of America, tell them, David, what they, uh, here in the United States has done through the years to protect their uh, ecosystem and their lands. Uh, you are representing uh, the National Park Service, you, the U.S. Department of Interior. And would you explain to our world what that means? Well, you are correct. The, the National Park Service is an agency within Department of Interior. And National Interior Park means Service, the federal government. Correct, uh, federal government of the United States. Mm-hmm. And within that delegation, the National Park Service protects and preserves uh, approximately currently 391 different sites, some of them being natural history, some cultural history, and, 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 and a variety of others that fall either in between or, or similar to that. Mm-hmm. The larger natural areas of the U.S. were started to be protected in the, the late 1800s and into the early 1900s. Some of the, the, the most famous parks included in that category would be Yellowstone or, or Yosemite National Park. And others were added over the years to protect either ecosystems, cultural events, mm-hmm. uh, or very specific, in some cases, um, events or, or ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of Big Bang, we were created in June 12, 1944, and have existed here Mm-hmm. as a national park that protects both the cultural and natural history of this site, uh, well, since uh, 1944. 
Mm-hmm. But there are representative samples of many of the country's major ecosystems, major cultural events, uh, important happenings or times in the country's history are represented throughout. Why did you think our forefathers and historically um, back in 1944 they foresaw they were looking forward? Was there something that they decided that was so important that they they thought of that maybe had not been thought of before about the future of the United States of America to keep their ecosystem and their and their uh, and their um, natural resources protected? Was there something there that you could? Am I leading you into something you hadn't thought about or known yet? Well, what you would lead into here at Big Ben was um, the representative reason that we exist is we're the, the, the best example of Chihuahuan Desert in this country. Mm-hmm. Chihuahuan Desert goes from a bit north of us up into southern New Mexico state. Now, why do they call it Chihuahuan? It's based upon the, the Mexican um, province designation. Okay. Okay. Uh, it goes into Chihuahua, uh, which is part of Mexico and exists uh, largely, actually, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, where the now, best does Mexico example. protect their resources? Part of it. Do they? Okay. The deserts. Uh, we're just a small part of it at eight hundred one thousand acres, and mm-hmm. Mexico has a great deal more than eight hundred one thousand acres. Mm-hmm. But they do have two protected areas opposite us that are protecting parts of this ecosystem as well. Are you finding in the United States there's more? protection than anywhere in the world to make sure that the, our, re, our natural resources are being protected compared to every, anywhere else in the world, um, even to Canada? It's a good question, and, and I'm not qualified to okay. answer it. Uh, again, I can speak to, to what we do, and we offer uh, okay, a lot of land protection. I know other countries do as well. I, I don't know what the ratio is of, mm-hmm. of land per mm-hmm. under protection versus you know some type of you know, amount of total acreage. Mm-hmm. I, I know other countries in some cases do a, do a good job. I know we're one of the leaders in this field, and mm-hmm. we're oftentimes looked to to provide instruction or, or help to other countries who are, are uh-huh. looking to go in that That's direction. That's to know and hearing, because uh, I've heard that the United States has been sent all over the world to teach others how to think about the future and the protection. And actually, David, it affects the whole ecosystem of our whole planet. It does. People forget, I've had scientists on here, natural scientists and heading um, the national, uh, like the Antarctica and so on, uh, all around the world, actually. And they've all said, you know, one, it seems so strange, where you're sitting, right where you're at, affects us over here. We all affect each other on this planet. That is that is certainly true. And that's something we need to emphasize to everyone, that uh, you as a health, you, your health affects and the health of where you're standing, the uh, nature's resource is affecting everybody all over the world. It is certainly true. Now, what kind of wildlife do you have there? In abundance. Um, the park is known, first and foremost, probably for birds. We have the greatest single number of species diversity in the United States park system, 450-plus mm-hmm. species of birds. Oh, my gosh, yeah, 450. They're not all here all the time, but with migration, that, that number is... is um, the highest in the park system. For, mm-hmm. for so do you have the bear and the deer and the elk? and We have all of the above, goats. the bear, the deer, the elk, the mountain lion, the coyote. The mountain goats? We have desert bighorn sheep, which are not mountain goats, but they're, they're another type of, of animal that people think of in that category. Okay. We have fox, uh, badger, mm-hmm. uh, a creature called the javelina, which is a, a collared peccary, quite popular with our visitors, bobcat. And, and that was what now? Something called a collared peccary or a javelina is the local name. And what does it look like? You know, it looks a lot like a dark-colored pig, although it's not oh. directly related. Huh. 
but they're, they're fairly common here, and visitors seem to really enjoy seeing them. And then what is your, what is your, uh, uh, the growth of your trees? What type of trees do you have and, and brush, let's say? It's a, it's a good question, and again, it goes back to, to the diversity category, 1,200 species plus of, of plants here, so it's wow. a lot. We have a lot of the things that people think of as common, oak, pine, uh, Arizona cypress, fir tree, mm-hmm. maple, so, some mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, you would think of as, as quote, you know, everywhere. And then we have many things that are not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Persimmons and, and other Mexican species of juniper that are unusual or not mm-hmm. found elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few plants that are adapted to the desert, such as desert willow or um, related species like that, and many, many others. In terms of brush, it's almost endless. We have okay, a lot so of when people want to come to your site, what, what, what's your website address? It's a good one. It's www.nps, it stands for National Park Service, dot gov gov mm-hmm. a forward slash and then b i b e big and ben. you probably have a lot of uh, exciting things for the tourists to come and enjoy and i think with the gas prices people should consider starting to stay closer to home and go see the beautiful geogra- geographic locations of where they maybe haven't been lately or haven't been for a couple of years and go back again well, you, you said it better than I could, um, and we're actually seeing a lot of that now. Yeah, I've looking, always said that people should stay close to home and really get to know where they live anyway. And in the United States, we can drive our cars to some distances, but uh, let's start staying closer to home and learning. What do we have here that's the beauty and the, the miracles of this secret of this earth are uh, getting out there and seeing the nature of life and and all that's there. And how many park rangers do you think you have there to protect all of that? We have approximately 100 total employees here. Not all of them are, are park rangers. Um, some of the folks are, are administrators that pay bills or maintenance folks who mm-hmm. do the simple things. And what about the, the uh, lodges? Do you have, lodge, have lodges available? We do have a lodge in the center of the park. It's, it's mm-hmm. right up in the higher higher elevation mountains with absolutely beautiful views. It's called oh. the Chisos Mountain Lodge. Oh. Folks would find it on our website. It's about 850 pages to that website. It's considered one of the best, and it's very informative. Well, I'm sorry I have to go, but we did. I think they learned a lot. Everybody's learned a lot. And, David, uh, I want to thank all of you for your mission over there because it sounds like you guys really are excited. The season's coming, and and people need to come and see the uh, beauty of this planet right there at Big Bend. And if I could leave them a closing message, it's that we are a destination park. Most folks stay an average of minimum three nights, four days. There's easily enough to do for that length of time. And it's a year-round park. Wonderful. Well, thank you for all your time, and keep up the good work, and tell everyone we said hello. My pleasure. Thank you, David, for joining us today. You as well. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, Earth's secret in the water 1.1 billion people in the world do not have access to proper water. Children can't even go to school because they're having to carry water for a day at a time with their mothers to get the access to water, to have any water at all to live. There's no sanitation, of course, if you don't have water, which means your hygiene is not being protected. One of the things we're learning, that one out of every 20,000 babies is being born with a problem to the eyes, a tumor, one out of every 10. The air is dry, please. Drink a lot of water. Think about your nutrition. Listen to this show to the people that are giving us this classroom of of learning. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life. Every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. 
and he'll take care of it with us. Have a nice day.